My guests on this week's episode of Sudden Search are Dave Spinaki and Dane Seville from Reunion Marketing. Reunion Marketing is an automotive digital marketing agency with specialists in SEO, PPC, and a suite of customized services for dealerships. Dave and Dane both work together at a large dealer group. In 2015, Dave, Dane, and a larger group founded Reunion Marketing, which has grown steadily since its inception. Dave is a frequent presenter at major automotive digital marketing conferences, including CIADA, Digital Dealer, Kane Automotive Conference, and Driving Sales. Dave is also a frequent columnist and blogger. I'm going to start our conversation by talking about a recent blog post he wrote titled, For Reunion Marketing, Change Has Always Been the New Normal. Dane is a popular podcaster and the host of KPI Cafe. He has a really well-rounded suite of skills and has worked in automotive digital marketing for over 10 years. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Dave Spinaki and Dane Seville. We'll chat about how the chip shortage has impacted digital marketing for car dealers. We'll talk about why they keep a low client to consultant ratio. And we'll talk about the award reunion won for the industry's most valuable insight competition. All right, Dave and Dane, welcome to Sudden Search. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, doing Happy well. How are you, you doing? On. Happy to have you guys on. I wanted to start with uh, a blog post that Dave, you actually wrote earlier this year that said, for reunion, marketing change has always been the new normal. Uh, to summarize the article, you, the idea is that embracing change has been instrumental to the culture at the company. This is a strategic, strategic advantage for you guys. How so? Kind of explain this, this concept to our audience. Sure. I mean, it's, you know, this is rooted uh, pretty deep in our history, uh, you know, not just reunion. So, so the founders of reunion, we all worked together at the Leith Automotive Group in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, yeah. and, uh, you know, really built a pretty strong name for ourselves in the industry because we were, you know, strong embracers of change. You know, the, the Great Recession happened, um, you know, lost a lot of employees there. They actually cut, cut off a lot of employees and then you know, spent, we're spending a lot of money in the newspaper at the time and on TV and things like that. And, you know, really seeing that the consumer behavior was changing so much back then. And so we started moving a lot of money to search and really focusing on content and SEO and, you know, built up a, a pretty incredible last three years that we were there. We increased the lead volume to the group by 400%. Uh, they, the revenue of the group increased by 75%, which, you know, equates to hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I'm going to give specifics because they're pretty private, you know, and, and mention their names, but I mean, it was a tremendous, uh, a tremendous success story because of that embracing of, of change and, and, you know, what consumers want. And so that's something that from the beginning of reunion, you know, we, the reason it's called reunion is because we left and, and reunited to, to start reunion marketing yeah. and after that, that time and experience in retail. But, you know, from the get go, it's, you know, really, really focusing in on, you know, what are the changes happening at Google? What's happening at Facebook? What, how are consumers behaving, you know, and, and, you know, these last two years, like more than more than ever, you know, we're seeing a ton of change and it's happening at a time that dealerships are uh, having to experience, you know, change themselves and the, the, the uh, inventory shortage, you know, the pandemic, right. all these different things that, uh, you know, it's a really great time to be sharing this information, I think, right now. Yeah, and I think I think that's an important point. One of the things I, I, I screw up a lot, guys, is like when I talk to other local SEOs or people in auto, I sort of like automatically assume everyone watching knows something that they may not know. Like it might not occur to everyone listening that there's a giant chip shortage going on in, in automobile. And before we, we I, I want to ask you about ads and I want to talk to you about what you guys do every day. But before we do, just kind of, this has been a really crazy year for, for cars, uh, for car dealers. Uh, you know, for the audience, this, this is going to come from all different walks of life. We will have some people who will know this. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe Dan and Dave, kind of tell our audience a little bit about how truly weird this year has been for auto dealers. Yeah, I mean, you you talk to dealers who are used to you know hundreds of cars on the lot, and you talk to them, they're like, "Well, it's a ghost town. We have four or five cars available," and oftentimes, you know, the, even those are sort of I don't want to say claimed, but they have consumers who've expressed interest, and there's you know more interest than there is that 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 supply. Uh, so it's really interesting, and you know, the paradigm shift of you know dealers realizing, uh, you know, talking to different dealers and general managers, the the idea that now they're finally embracing the idea of reaching out to the local community to source cars, which kind of blew my mind that, you know, you have this local organization and why that wasn't gangbusters for dealers all along. Right. You know, the local, you know, instead of just going to the auctions, the local community, your local right. uh, neighbors, people you see barbecues and there's this big paradigm shift in how they're sourcing vehicles. Uh, but so there's there's different conversations happening with dealers that weren't, you know, preceding the, the pandemic and this this whole chip crisis. Well, fascinating. Put on top of that, there's COVID for another year. All this other stuff is just crazy times. So one of the biggest takeaways for me from the article, Dave, was that agencies, especially entrepreneurial, self-funded agencies like Reunion and, and Searchlight for that matter, we're used to change. We're, this, is, this is something we live in with a certain level of change all the time. Dealer principles are not accustomed to this much turbulence. But for better or for worse, we might be able to help them in pretty unusual ways, like interesting ways that you might not even even think of. Did I, did I capture your sentiment right? That, that, that we might be able to to meet them where they are right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, with, with how much is going on, I mean, sometimes I hear say certain vendors badmouth, you know, the knowledge of different dealerships and not being up to speed, and, and frankly. You know, coming from the retail side, the number of different responsibilities that they have to, to worry about across all the facets of their uh, their dealership or dealership groups or, or uh, you know, the different roles, you know, they're expecting to have partners come with this information. You know, the biggest uh, negative feedback I hear about people with companies before they, you know, they they join, you know, partnerships with us is that, you know, they were telling the, the you know, their providers what to do, you know, and they were there, they were, you know, pretty much order givers as opposed to, uh, you know, getting the, the great knowledge and wisdom. You know, one of the reasons that we like you guys so much is, you know, like us, you know, you care a lot about educating dealers. You know, this, this is such a, a great podcast you guys have because you're out there always, you know, sharing a lot of those insights and, you know, it's, you know, that's one of the reasons that, you know, Greg and, and Dana and I have been friends, you know, for years is because out there actively, truth telling and, and show, showing what's going on out there. Cause there's a, uh, you know, a lot of folks who, um, you know, kind of take advantage of that situation that dealers, you know, do put a lot of trust in their partners uh, to, to be at the forefront of change and to be coming with the innovations and all the changes that are happening and, you know, focusing on, on the partnership and the growth of the dealership. Yeah. I, I love it. There, there's a, there are other ways our, our agencies are aligned as well. One of them I, I learned about from reading this post was that you cap out customer success folks. So we do something similar. It's always been amazing to me when I interview, you know, SEOs from other places. They might be responsible for like 50 dealerships, like just an insane amount of dealerships, 75 dealerships. You know, the, the greedy businessman in me would love to stick 50 dealerships <laughs> on one person. I'd make a lot more money. You know, what benefits have you guys seen from capping the number of dealerships, you know, one person can work on? Morale, right? I mean, yeah. you, happy, happy employees, and and then you know, then the tasks, the their responsibilities, they're able to dig further into those, right? They're not spread so thin that they're able to really dedicate the right amount of time to provide 
what we call unrivaled customer service, right? We want to we want to deliver more than what is expected, and and by not overloading them, uh, not only are they happier, not only is their morale better, but then the insights they deliver to our partners is better, and so our partners benefit from that. So a twofold benefit of of internal morale boost and, and a better buy-in in the culture and things that we're building, as well as the deliverables we're sending to our yeah. dealer partners are just that much more valuable and insightful. Okay, awesome. And then, and then the other thing that, that is similar for us, and again, this is going to need a little setup for people who are not in automotive, but uh, the OEM program is really interesting to me that uh, you businesses can get, auto dealers can get co-op money from the tier one, uh, for advertising with OEM approved vendors. We have chosen not to be participate in that. And you, I, I, I don't want to speak for you, get kind of talk about your relationship with OEM. But one of the things I really liked about the blog post was you're going to put innovation first. That's the priority for you guys. And anything that gets in the way of innovation is a secondary concern, more or less. I, I want to make sure I've got that right. But Dave, how do you approach OEM uh, as a business owner and as, as a founder of this agency? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, innovation first and dealership first is, is the approach, right, for us. I mean, we have some good relationships with OEMs. Uh, some of the, the things that, that those programs do is restrict, you know, how quickly you can innovate. You know, we really care about, you know, doing, you know, our culture of experimentation. As soon as we see something work, you know, we test it out with a few more stores. And then, you know, as quickly as possible, once we know that this is something that we should be doing for mass adoption, we want to get, get that out. And some of those programs will limit you to how quickly you can deploy some things that, that work and give dealers an advantage. Um, you know, that coupled with, you know, some of the, the media spend pieces that, you know, put a lot of, uh, of commissionable dollars that, that, you know, dealerships don't necessarily need to be spending. You know, there's a lot of OEM programs that we are co-op eligible for, just like you guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we educate our dealers that we are co-op eligible. I, you know, I, uh, give a major kudos to Chrysler for opening up SEO and uh, and social. You know, this past month, month and a half. You know, still not PPC, but you know, I think one of the things these programs do when you you have to play in the same sandbox with the same rules and use the same keywords and all this kind of stuff is it, it really creates a more commoditized feel, and I think that's a disservice yes. to the innovative co uh, companies out there. I couldn't agree more. So uh, you you are, yeah, we're very aligned in these ways. So, I, you know, Dane, I wonder if you could, if I could ask you a few questions about ads and what a wild year it is for anyone in, in the paid world. Uh, one of the things that I think is almost dizzying for me is like this, this uh, audience targeting the cookie list world. At the beginning of the year, I learned about the federated learning of cohorts with a regrettable name flock, which I never liked how that sounded. Mm -hmm. it sounded like you had something stuck in your throat, but this was supposed to, to replace cookies and improve, you know, uh, you know, basically like sensitivity to, uh, you know, to user data, this isn't a thing anymore. Flock is gone. I just heard this this week that in, in less than a year, it's it's been replaced. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of just reflect back on this year. How are we supposed to, uh, how, and, and then tell me, how are we supposed to serve personalized ads to people in 2022 with, with this sort of change? Yeah, you know, I, I know that, you know, Flock became now it's topics and topics. Right. Well, you know, that's a whole other uh, bear to wrestle with in terms of uh, capabilities and, and how that's going to flesh out, you know. And you know, there's a lot of cost-efficient options like local and discovery ads, things that deal with mm -hmm. you know proximity and, and different asset, different Google assets that you have that you don't necessarily have to worry about uh, such degrees and level of targeting uh, that that you have historically with a lot of of paid search, you know. And then of course. You know, then there's the idea of, you know, other data sources, layering on data sources like IHS Polk and 
you know, and, and you're talking about all sorts of different ads too, social media ads as well, you right. know, as we have the sort of uh, limitations in, in what we see as limitations in targeting. And of, course, yeah. and of course, first, first party data as well, uh, leveraging that, which I think has been an under, underutilized uh, aspect of um, ads for, for dealers and really for, for uh, you know, a lot of different organizations that I've talked to. Uh, but Dave, I mean, if you want to talk more to like the local and discovery ads, I know that we've de- delved a lot more into uh, and mining different data points from those uh, those types of ads that we've really allocated a lot of time and investment with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we last year we we actually won the uh, the driving sales most viable insight for kind of speaking to the change that's happening, you know, in the landscape. Um, it's kind of, I think it got expedited because of the pandemic and everyone wanted things right away and everything, but but these privacy policy changes. Um, you know, not having, you know, 40% of the cookies, all the Safari cookies, are, that's been gone for a while. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with, with Chrome and some of these, these different things. But because of all this data loss that's happening, you know, we're watching and seeing Facebook create more of an on-platform experience and, and you know, keeping people with the on-destination AAAs, keeping people on the platform. And, and a lot of folks are creating ads that, that don't need to, to drive traffic back to the website. And that, you know, that gets debated quite a bit about, you know, how, how well that works towards different goals. You know, what we see a lot of really great results by keeping people within that ecosystem because Facebook is re- kind of rewarding uh, uh, with, with cheaper ads, you know, then, then, and the results are cheaper in that area. And then, you know, and plenty of times, you know, I've heard, you know, Greg talk about at conferences and, you know, we, we talked loudly about this too. I mean, all the changes happened to, to Google Business Profile, which, I mean, the new name as of just a couple months ago, right, from Google My Business. Right. You know, if you look back over the last two years at all the changes that they're making on that, I mean, it's like every month there's two or three different new things happening. I mean, categories constantly changing the attributes, the uh, adding the parts and service pages, the cars for sale last year. I mean, you can go on and on and on. And so, you know, we're leaning into the idea that, you know, Google's creating more of an on-platform environment because they, they want people to stay there because then those behaviors don't get lost uh, through all these, um, you know, more historical avenues in which we were driving, uh, you know, website traffic. That doesn't mean that, you know, we don't want to drive a ton of website traffic. There's still thousands of pages, you know, plenty of SEO work on the website to be done. Uh, huge believers in that, but it's seeing that this is this is... Um, this is happening and then and they continue to build on it. I mean, that, we think that there's going to be more customization in the future. There's going to be a lot more to these kind of like, you know, Google business profile is almost like a microsite in itself. And, and the, you know, we're thinking about why they're doing that. Uh, I think a lot of that comes back to the fact that, you know, they're all their money comes from the ability to, to target audiences wisely and, and know what people are doing. So the more that they can keep people within the Facebook ecosystem or within the Google ecosystem, they can better target and better deliver, you know, the ROI to keep people coming back and spending more money. Interesting. Well, look, you, you mentioned a number of things there, Dave. Dane, feel free to, to chime in as well. But, you know, we're talking about Google Business Profile, formerly known as GMB, just a second ago. We've, we, we are uh, part of the beta test for vehicle listing ads or VLAs yeah. for short. Yeah, uh, you, guys, you guys are talking about talking to dealers all the time. Uh, 2021 is like now in the rear view, we're filming this at the end of, uh, at the beginning of February. When you guys are talking to these dealerships, what features do you think they're missing out on? Like what, what, what isn't catching on that should have caught on? Uh, I, I'm always interested in the FOMO. What are, what are people missing out on? Um, I can take this one, Dave. Um, so, you know, we do a lot of audits like on the sales team, you know, and, and actually we, we performed a couple of these for a couple of OEMs. So I talk about some of those relationships, you know, we are more of an educator in our relationship with those folks than, than being in programs. And so we've, we've run through and, and, 
you know, people just don't know what's new and out there. You know, I mentioned, you know, just in the, in the GBP stuff, the Google business profile, all these, these new uh, things that are available. I mean, you know, we did one for one OEM. I'm not going to call them out specifically, but you know, 60% of their, of their, um, Dealers that were within this uh, this audit were not didn't have a parts and service separate page, you know, so they're missing out on a ton of visibility through just That's just the category. It's not a lot of an optimized, you know, well built page. Um, I mean, a lot of folks don't know about a lot of the just the new features that are out there and available, and, and I don't blame them too because you know we've had to cut budgets back significantly. You know, the inventory's been gone. There's you know a lot of these experiment experimentation happens for stores when they're spending a little bit more money to you know try to. to you know, win that allocation edge for themselves and grow their market share. But when everyone is selling all the, the vehicles that they have in inventory, um, it's there's a little bit less incentive to be going and, and learning about all these new things that are out there. You know, all these new display features that Google has, uh, you know, competitor display and custom intent and in-market integrations yep. and, you know, local ads is still, I think, like 25, 30%. Uh, and that's changing too. Right? Like as of last week, right, performance max is what local ads are turning into. Um, and, and you know, but all these different things. I mean, they they, they have a it's very strong ROI. I mean, like a lot of behaviors, uh, low cost compared to some of the uh, the the more traditional ways in which you can go around and spending. And I think, you know, uh, pe people aren't pushing this information and knowledge out there to to the dealership partners. And and you know, because of the situation that they're in, you know, they're not really as it's not as urgent. But so much has changed over the last two years that I think midway through this year. We're going to see, you know, the, the supply continue to come back. I and mean, we've we got a few dealerships that now it's like, dang, we got 100, 150 cars in the lot again, and we're back. And there's going to be a lot of folks that are like, okay, now how do we sell these cars? And then they're going to realize, dang, a whole lot has changed in these last two years. And it's changing, you know, more, more things are, are changing faster than ever, I think, because of this new privacy landscape and, and right. the immediate expectation landscape, that combination, uh, that if you're asleep at the wheel and, and you stay asleep too long, you know, you're really going to fall behind. I think like, yeah, that speaks to, to Dave's point, just, you know, that can I mention on the dealer side, you know, not only are you managing the digital marketing, but then you're interacting. They want to talk to digital marketing managers. They're interacting with the BDC department, talking about mm -hmm. what their needs are, what's coming in there. They're talking to the sales team. They're managing all these things just beyond what an agency sort of really focused on, right? We don't really have a hand in all those different honeypots inside the dealership like they do. So it's not a, a fault of the dealership. But you think about like, even just recently, what, what Microsoft advertising did the automated portfolio bidding now just came out, which helps like with wholesale adjustments and automations uh, to, to the bidding process of Microsoft advertising, right? That's just a change that's happened the other day. We're talking about flock going away for topics, all right. these different changes happening at this blistering pace. Uh, so the, what, what they're missing out on is all these nuances, all these nuanced things, these little updates, not necessarily big systematic or systemic changes, but just these little updates that are happening that can help automate, quicken, ease, ease the friction of, of decision-making, get data insights. They're missing out on those things. That I think that it's important that they, they pay attention to agencies uh, like ours, right, that are that, trying to do this education because we're the ones with the th our thumbs on the pulse of this all to help them understand what these changes are. And I think that's where what stems what what they're really missing out on, where that comes from. I, that's that's well said, Dean, and I think that's that's an excellent answer. So, you got, Dave, you mentioned it. I, I want to just give it some time for you guys to talk about it. At Driving Sales, you all won the industry's most valuable insight competition for face to face. I just wanted to say congratulations to you all. And, uh, you know, let's start with Dane. If, if you could tell us about the award and what it meant to you guys to win it, I, I'd, I'd be all yours. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we uh, we make jokes because you know we we love trophies and I, you know, all that kind of stuff, and so we we, we like to get our our uh, information out there, our data out there, and, and all that kind of stuff. And so this was, you know, a number of different vendors across the industry, the auto industry, uh, take data that they use and try to use that data to better explain what's happening in the industry. And so uh, we, you know, competed. Uh, we, were, we were finalists with, I think it was uh, Fixed Ops Digital and. Um, Let's see, it was uh, Modal and Roadster, I think, you know, which, I mean, unsurprising that uh, you had two digital retailing companies in there, just given, you know, how, how quickly that dealership adoption uh, happened in, 20, in um, 2020, 2021, right? So basically, we, we were finalists with those folks and, uh, and then ended up winning that competition and got a chance to keynote at, uh, at Driving Sales, which for me was actually my first keynote. You know, Dan and I both have... have presented probably 50, 60, 70 times at these different, uh, different shows, you know, not nothing compared to, you know, the Greg Gifford, uh, right. But, uh, you know, we're out there and, uh, and, you know, being loud a lot, but that was uh, just a really cool thing for me personally too. And, and our, our company taking all these different ideas that are coming from each of our strong directors, you know, Jessica, Giancarlo, Chelsea, Amy, our, our, our wonderful set of directors that are always looking at this data and using this data and then kind of putting that together and explaining, this story that's happened. And again, the, the move to, you know, more shopping behaviors and more, more shopping opportunities directly on platform to get around some of these privacy policy updates that are, that have already happened. And, you know, legislation even has happened and, you know, iOS 14.5 and beyond and, and then what we expect to come. So we expect more of that. So that was, that was an exciting one for us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, listen, before I wrap up, um, you know, I, I want to make sure people know, like, we we actually are also in automotive. You're in automotive, but we there's like a real mutual ex respect between the two. Uh, at least from my my side, I'll say. Uh, yeah, absolutely. From Search yep. Lab in the direction of Reunion, and uh, before I let you guys, anybody who's watching this who wants to learn more from you guys, how how did how should they reach out to you? What's your favorite social media, and uh, how can people connect? Dave, you want to go first? Or we? I'll go for it, Dave. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on LinkedIn. So, you know, just my name, Dane, D-A-N-E, Seville, S-A-V-I-L-L-E, uh, Dane Seville on LinkedIn. That's where I spend, you know, the majority of my time on social media uh, or just reach out directly to me through email, Dane, D-A-N-E, at reunionmarketing.com. And mine is not too dissimilar. Instead of Dane at Reunion Marketing, it's Dave at reunionmarketing.com. <laughs> that or LinkedIn, also a great way to, to reach out to me as well. I got to tell you, the only thing that was hard about this interview was saying Dave and Dane and getting it straight. So I, I, I yeah. appreciate you, you guys uh, let me off the hook. We have, I'm Mark and then our director of PBC is also named Mark. So I know about the name stuff. So anyway, you guys have been uh, great to talk to this afternoon. I hope to see you on the road here in the not too distant future and have a beer with you in person. In the meantime, thanks for coming on and I'm going to sign off now. We'll be back next week with another episode of Southern Search. Thanks guys. Yeah, well, we're, our booths are right by each other at NADA. Oh, so. hell yeah. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be right across let's, the way. Let's, let's get that beer. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll see you in, I don't know, like right about a month from now. So Yeah, sounds great. All right, thanks again. Right, Thank you. Take care.